Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ryan Wall Podcast. And today, we are going to get into everything containing UFC 297 because it happens tonight as I'm recording this. We're just a few hours away. UFC 297 is looking to be a good one at the top of the bill. It's Sean Strickland, the undisputed middleweight UFC champion, taking on a very good challenger in Drakus Duplessis. The co-main event is for the vacant women's bantamweight championship. It's Raquel Pennington taking on Myra Bueno Silva. And there's a couple other good fights on this card that we'll get into just a little later. But starting off the show today, I wanted to get into the main event because this is a card where there's not a ton of huge names. There's a couple of Canadians on the card, which it's good to see. This card is taking place in Toronto, Canada at the Scotiabank Arena where the Raptors play, as we know. But this main event is a really good one. It's two guys in Sean Strickland and Duplessis who recently beat the two stable top guys and contenders at the middleweight division for the last couple of years. You know, Israel Adesanya, he did lose his middleweight championship against Alex Pajeda, but he quickly won it back just a couple months ago. But he has been the champ on and off for the last few years. And Robert Whitaker has been that number one guy next to Israel Adesanya those last couple years. But getting back to Sean Strickland, he he is a very controversial figure in this sport. And he hurts a lot of people by his words and his actions. But I don't like to touch or, or, or kind of let the outside things that don't involve the actions that take place inside the octagon affect what I feel about that person. Because although Strickland is controversial, when he steps into the octagon, he is a warrior in there. He has an incredible ability to sh showing his cardio he in just a couple months ago when he beat israel that was just absolute domination he won that fight four to one and he knocked izzy down in the first round which as we know that does not happen very often to izzy we know izzy did get stopped against uh Pajeda just a couple uh you know it in 2022 but that was that was kind of it wasn't a controversial stoppage but he didn't get fully knocked down this time against Strickland in September he did get knocked down and that kind of put a wrench in the plans because we were setting up after Izzy beat uh Alex and, and won that title back just a couple months ago we were looking towards Izzy defending his title against Drakus in September in Australia, Drakus had a foot type injury and couldn't compete, wasn't ready. So Sean Strickland took his place, which Sean is always willing, always ready to step up to the plate. He he does fight a, a lot. He's a very active fighter, which I love to see. And this to me is just a great matchup when you look at the X and O's and, and you look inside the octagon because both of these fighters 
They both push the pace when they're in there. They're not guys like Izzy is more of a counter striker a lot of the time, and that's where he excels. But these two guys are not like that. Sean Strickland, like we saw in the fight against Izzy, he pushes the pace early and often. And Duplessis does the same thing. We saw him stun Robert Whitaker with a right-handed jab. It wasn't even, you know, an overhand right. It wasn't like a big power shot. And that just proves how much power that Duplessis possesses in his hands. He, to me, is kind of very similar in, in a lot of ways to uh, Alex Pajeda because he did take, he, he has been in mixed martial arts for many years at this point, but his rise to the top has come pretty quickly. But he hasn't done that with the lack of challengers that he's had to face along his journey. As we know, he beat uh, he beat Darren Till. He submitted him. Then he knocked out Derek Brunson uh, earlier last year. And then, as we know, in July, he brutally stopped and knocked out Robert Whitaker, who at that point was the number one contender. And so, so yeah, this to me is a fantastic striking battle between just two warriors and two guys that always want to find a way to get a finish, get the job done, and two guys that seem like even when the lights do get the brightest, these guys do not shine down because we saw Sean Strickland, he gets all the credit in the world from me, from everyone pretty much. He was most people's fighter of the year of 2023, and that's well-deserved. He beat, at that time, a top three, at least pound-for-pound pound fighter in Israel, Adesanya, and he did it in fantastic fashion. He dominated Izzy, and the, those were words that just a couple of months ago in September, I didn't think I would ever say or feel because, to me, Izzy is a top three, at least, striker still in this sport, and I don't think Izzy by any means has done We'll break down the options in, in another show in the next couple of days about what his future looks like. Because to me, I think he is the next guy to fight the winner of Strickland versus Duplessis. These guys are fighting to face him, and that will create an even bigger fight. Izzy already has established history with both of these guys. Obviously, looking for revenge against Strickland from September and trying to revenge that loss like he did against Pajeda a couple months ago. And then Duplessis, you know, they went back and forth the last couple years. It, it started to get fired up and a little more kind of, it, it was getting a little tense between the two after Duplessis' win in July. Izzy was in the crowd. He got in, used some uh harsh words towards him he called him his african brother as they both are from africa obviously duplessis from south africa a little bit different but yeah that would be a great fight and this is also by the odds makers standpoint this is a very close fight strickland is the favorite as i'm looking right now minus 115 drake is duplessis is the underdog slightly by minus 105 I'm going to go with Dracus Duplessis to win this fight, to become the new undisputed UFC middleweight champion of the world here tonight. Just because I think 
that his gas tank has been doubted, but he has shown that he's been able to go a full three rounds with multiple worldly opponents. This obviously is a five-round fight, but I think he's going to finish the job inside three rounds. I think it's going to be a really fun, exciting, there's going to be a lot of fireworks in those first couple rounds. And I just think Strickland it's kind of, he's out of, out of a point where Leon Edwards was, they have the, obviously Leon had the head kick, you know, that we know around the world now knockout against Usman and then had to follow that up in his second fight when he was defending the title, but Strickland kind of the same way had one of the craziest, biggest upsets in this sports history. And now is trying to add on to that, add on to his legacy and prove that it wasn't just a fluke win, that he is the best middleweight in the world. And that was kind of, I, I just never have seen Sean Strickland. He's always aggressive, but I've never seen Strickland that aggressive and, and just that angry inside the octagon. He, he looked amazing against Izzy in that fight. But I, I just think, he has to put forth so much effort and energy in order to get to that level when I think Duplessis can, he doesn't need his all-time best performance to beat Strickland because of that power that he possesses. And I'm not counting Strickland out. After that fight, I'm never going to count him out. His story's unbelievable. He went from a lost young kid to finding MMA and you know, he's been in the UFC over 10 years. He started as a welterweight, worked his way up as a middleweight, has a couple setbacks, but he's a champ. He's building his stardom in the UFC and is one of the bigger stars in this company right now. And if he wins this, he will catapult himself to probably a top five star in the sport. But Duplessis, I think this is his time. I think that he is just a bigger middleweight and on paper they match up evenly they're both 6-1 but I think Duplessis is a naturally heavier guy he cuts I feel like he cuts more weight in this and they also obviously actually have the same reach they both have a 76 inch reach um so there's no advantage there but yeah I'm gonna go Duplessis I wouldn't be shocked if Sean Strickland won this fight like I said it's gonna be a great one and in the co-main event, we have another title fight. It's not one that I don't think people were clamoring for early in the buildup, but they, they went a little back and forth to the press conference a couple of days ago. It's Raquel Pennington, former title challenger. She, she fought Amanda Nunes back in 2018, lost that fight, but she's looking to now win the vacant Bantamweight title after Nunes retired a couple months ago. She's fighting Myra Bueno Silva, who is 10-2-1. Her last fight, she did have a good performance against Holly Holm, but it was ruled a no contest after the fact due to Silva testing positive for an ADHD medication, I believe. But she's on a, a little bit of a winning streak. She won two fights before that. Raquel Pennington is on a three-fight winning streak. A couple of really good wins. Caitlin Vieira, Aspen Ladd, the last two. And I, I, I think this, and I'm picking kind of two of the underdogs for say by the odds, Raquel Pennington is plus 140 to a minus 170 Bueno Silva. I'm going to pick Raquel Pennington. I think this also is her time. She is the older fighter at 35 years old. And I, I think it's safe to say this is her last shot 
at gold in the UFC. Bueno Silva's 32. This doesn't have to be her last shot. She is the the younger fighter. But I think Raquel Pennington has been around enough. She's fought the best of the best in this women's bantamweight division. She's fought Holly Holm. She fought um, Amanda Nunes, Misha Tate. She, you know, she Jessica Andrade. She's fought so. She's fought so many high level opponents in the UFC. She's been in the company over ten years, and she's won not only three straight as I mentioned. She's won five straight. Beyond that, hasn't lost since she lost to Holly Holm in January of 2020. So I think she's going to extend her winning streak to six wins, and it's going to set up one of the bigger, biggest women stars in the sport. Uh, and that's Juliana Pena. She's been, she's always outspoken. She said she's been hurt, so that's why she's not in this fight. Otherwise, she is the best besides Amanda Nunes, which she already beat her uh, and lost the last one. But she's the best, next best contender at uh, 135 pounds for the women's bantamweight division. So she'll likely face the winner of that, and that sets up a really exciting fight because or because Juliana Pena is always exciting. She's w one of the best trash talkers in the women's division and in women's MMA in general. So that should be a great one. This fight should be back and forth. Bueno Silva is very talented on the ground. Raquel Pennington's pretty good everywhere. She can hang. I think she's more durable since she's been in bigger fights. She's been in a championship fight before. I think that'll help her. But moving down the card to finish it off and round off this main card, there's a couple other really good fights on this one. We got veteran Neil Magny taking on the hometown boy, Mike Malott. Malott said in Media Day just a couple of days ago that his family's home is just a couple miles from the Scotiabank Arena. So he has been living there for the week and He's the heavy favorite in this one, actually. Minus 370 to plus 280. Neil Magny hasn't been able to get on the right footing as of late. He's lost two or three, but he has fought some really tough opponents. He fought uh, Ian Gary on short notice last fight. He he beat Philip Rowe in um, June of last year and then lost to Gilbert Burns before that. But Mike Malott has won quite a few in a row. He, he, his record is 10, one and one, but the, he hasn't lost in a long time since October of 2014 before he even was in the UFC. So he's riding a four fight win streak inside the octagon right now. And I, I think he's going to make this five. He's coming off of not just four or not just five straight or four straight wins in the UFC, but they all have come by way of finish three out of four were submissions. He hasn't had really that that name that highlight name on his win column yet but i think this is the guy neil magny is a very capable a very good veteran and i'm not saying magny has no shot i think he has he does have a chance but i think mike malott will just be too much for him he's so technical he's so advanced and elite on the ground and i think he he did get one of the biggest reactions at the press conference a couple of days ago from his Canadian fans and family. So I think he is going to get the win. The hometown boy is going to get the dub. And moving on, there's two more fights on this main card, and they are really good ones. Chris Curtis is taking on Marc-Andre Baralt, and Baralt's from Canada, as we know. Chris Curtis 
things haven't really gone his way as of late. He's lost two of his last four. The last one was a no contest against Imanov, which is just a shame to see because it's happened. Just some crazy th things have happened like that to Chris Curtis, but he's the older fighter in this. 36, uh, Mark Andre Baralt is 33. I'm going to go with the favorite Chris Curtis in this fight. He's minus 185, and Chris Curtis, his nickname's the Action Man, and I think that's a really fitting nickname for Curtis because he he's kind of, he, he just always is aggressive, always looking for a finish, like his friend and teammate Sean Strickland is, their teammates at Extreme Couture in Vegas. And, yeah, I think this is good for them that they're on the same card. They've been training together. They're they're both push each other. And two of the top middleweights now in the world. And I think Chris Curtis is going to push himself near the top 10 in the middleweight division with a win. I think he's going to get the job done finally for the first time in a couple of years. It seems like something's going to go Chris Curtis's way. And I think it will. But to me... The second fight I'm looking forward to, and that's second to Sean Strickland versus Drakus Dubois-Cee, and the second fight I'm looking forward to over the second title fight, the women's bantamweight title fight, is actually the first fight of the main card. It's AAA. It's almighty Arnold Allen taking on Ivalov. Masar Ivalov is a really talented prospect in this division he is 29 he's not super young anymore but he's 17 and 0 he hasn't lost yet in his whole career hasn't lost in the UFC and he is just on quite the run he's won seven or he's won eight straight fights in the UFC coming off of a few wins recently over top over really good contenders Dan Ige Diego Lopez were his last two victories those are really good Arnold Allen as we know, is 19-2. and two. He is coming off of his first loss in the UFC. He lost to Max Holloway, but there's no shame on that for Arnold Allen. He put up a good fight, but Max was just too much for him, too, uh, too lanky and, and just too big of a guy to close the diff distance for Arnold Allen. But Max is moving up to lightweight for his next fight against... Justin Gaethje for the BMF title. So this leaves a pathway for Arnold Allen to get another to get a title shot and to put himself back in a prime position. And to me, this is a perfect opportunity. I'm kind of surprised he is the underdog in this fight. He's plus 160 to a minus 190 Ivalov. And I think Arnold Allen is going to win this fight. I think he's the more, he's the veteran, like they're the same age, but Arnold Allen has fought tougher guys. He's been in there with Max, who's a champion, a, a former champion, and I think that's going to be an edge. I think Arnold Allen is just hungrier than he's been recently because this is he doesn't want to lose too straight, and this is a fight, like I mentioned, if he wins this fight, no matter if Volk wins, but even if Ilya Tapuria wins next month, this could set up Arnold Allen taking on Taporia in Taporia's first title defense if Taporia gets the job done against Volk. But yeah, I think this is an incredible fight to open the main card. I was even surprised that this is opening the main card because of how good of a fight this is and how great of a fight it is. So yeah, this overall is a pretty decent pay-per-view. I wouldn't say it's one of 
the best pay-per-views I've seen in the past couple of months, but that's because 298, 299, 300, and even 301 look to be incredible pay-per-views. We got UFC 300 coming up around, right around the corner. Next month, we got Sean O'Malley fighting Cheeto Vera. In February, like I mentioned, it's Volk versus Taporia, and then 300 is after that. So a lot of great ones after this. And this is the first time the UFC has been back. First event of 2024. It's in a sold-out Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Canada. First time they've been at Toronto in a couple years. The crowd's always rocking there. So this should be a, this should be a good pay-per-view. It's not the best on paper, but I think the fighters are going to show up. I think it's going to turn out to be a really great event when all is said and done. But I want to thank everybody for watching, liking, viewing, and subscribing. You can follow me on X at Ryan with two underscores, W-O-H-L, and we'll see you next time.